0: once again, and this is going to be part two today of our series that we started, gosh, two weeks ago called Detox. Detox, we're talking about mind and body and soul. So we talked about the mind a couple of weeks ago. If you missed it, you can catch it on Facebook, on our Facebook page, or on uh, our website through Podbean or iTunes. And you can listen to that. And today, we're going to cover the body. So the idea here is that it's January. So in January, we get a fresh start. And, you know, some people, they say, okay, it's New Year. I, I start from zero, and we make all these kind of vows to ourselves, and we make these resolutions and these promises as sort of like... Um, like a sports team at the beginning of the year, you know, everybody's equal As every hope is in the air. And we try to encourage ourselves, you know, it's the dead of winter. Say, no, I've got hope. I've got new year's resolutions and vows and promises and so on. And uh, oftentimes we make these about our bodies, right? And we say, I'm going to get into shape and I'm going to detox my body. That's a term that's come in vogue in the last number of years. And everybody got their secret smoothie and their way to get whatever is bad out of their body and so on. We make these promises to say yes and all the exercise equipment is being bought and the gym memberships and so on. And then by about February, March, it's back down the back down the tubes with a lot of those promises, right? And, and so we encourage ourselves to say, well, the change of season is coming. Hope is in the air. Spring is coming. Easter is coming. We kind of go on these, on these cycles, okay? So today we're going to talk in that light a little bit about the body and detox of the body. And uh, I'm going to use a, a passage of scripture. Uh, I'll just jump to it here. Playing around a little bit, Vivian. So if you follow me on the uh, on the camera, that'll be good. Just watch the screen uh, from First Timothy chapter four, and this is Paul's uh, first letter to his young protege Timothy who is a pastor in the difficult city of Ephesus. And a couple of letters that he wrote to Timothy from prison. And uh, these letters are really motivational and challenging and encouraging for young Pastor Timothy. And I just want to zero in on a couple of little verses here. First Timothy chapter four, verses seven and eight. So the back half of uh, verse seven Train yourself to be godly, for physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. Train yourself to be godly." All right, now we have a, a special guest with us, kind of a special guest, no stranger to us, obviously. And we're blessed in this church to have uh, all kinds of people from all kinds of backgrounds. Uh, and uh, one of our musicians, a uh, uh, guitar player who's played professionally for many years as a guitar player, is also uh, a bodybuilder. And um, I'd like him if he'd come up to the stage here and uh, I, you guys know Sean Haynes, but if we would just welcome him. We're going to put him on vocal two, okay, Gavin? Are we good? Vocal two or vocal one, if you unmute it. You got anything coming? I don't Ah, there we go. Okay, if you would take that mic and come right in here in the light, okay? Yeah, so I want everybody to see you on this beautiful camera. Okay, so Sean, uh, Sean's been coming to our church for a couple of years now, I guess, and three years, I think. Is it that fast? Something like that. Two, Two, three years? Well, anyway, an amazing guitar player and a great addition to our team and all of our musicians. are amazing and they gel so, so well. And you weren't even on the stage today, but um, uh, Sean also a- is a bodybuilder. And uh, I, just to let people understand what that looks like, I'll put that picture on the screen, okay? That's Sean, okay? You say, wow, that's, that's quite something, okay? <laughs> All right, so, so just on, on this whole vein, this whole subject of detox of the body. Tell us, and get right into the the mic so everybody can hear and everybody can see. When did you start to actually train as a bodybuilder?
1: Well, I started actually pretty late. I was 27, and uh, I just finished touring professionally, and I had a very unhealthy lifestyle. I was a, you know, chain smoker, and I just, I had to make a change. I was, I just wanted to stop smoking. That's all I really wanted to do. So, and I was always a small guy, like 120 pounds, soaking wet. So I thought, well, if I'm gonna quit smoking, I don't wanna gain bad weight, I'm gonna gain good weight. So I joined the gym, and all that aggression, all that withdrawal, I just took it out on those dumbbells and barbells, and uh, I saw results. And the results were so encouraging, it just, any uh, any thought of returning to to smoking was immediately squashed.
0: Wow, so that was how many years ago? That would give away your age, but I'm sorry, I want people to know.
1: I was 20 uh, some 20 21 years ago.
0: 21 years, okay. Yeah. So but you you got into this and you got into it to I guess detox from smoking and all of that. Yeah, exactly. But it, you ended up you ended up training at an elite level and winning several competitions, right? Like the one on the screen. Correct. So t- tell us about that.
1: Well, I actually started off this is bodybuilding. And I I started off as a weightlifter doing powerlifting and uh I did a strongman competition and I won a few championships doing that. And the difference between bodybuilding and weightlifting, two very, very different uh, disciplines. You know. Weightlifting is just about being strong and, and uh, you know, just as strong as you can. Bodybuilding is all about you know, symmetry, aesthetics, and weightlifting, you can eat whatever you want. Bodybuilding is every grain of rice <laughs> you have to carefully cal- calculate before you put it in your mouth.
0: Yeah. So, so to get to this, it took a lot of training.
1: Yeah, this was uh, well. Let's let's put it into context. To look like that is is about say four months of preparation, yeah. and I only look like that for that day yeah. <laughs> when I'm competing. You know, when the show's over, I go back to eating more moderately, um, and so this is not. You know, you don't. No one looks like this every day. This is really a preparation for one specific day where we peak, uh, but it's a good, I usually give 20 odd weeks of preparation.
0: 20 weeks. So how many hours in the gym, how many days a week?
1: Uh, Seven days a week. Uh, I would usually do, start my day off with an hour of cardio uh, on an empty stomach, have a breakfast, go to work, do my day, have lunch, have whatever meals I had. To have and at the end of the day go uh, to uh, mus- muscle workout and that would usually last about an hour and 15 minutes and sometimes i would add a tail of cardio uh for a half an hour yeah so we're talking about you know three three some odd hours a day
0: yeah and how many competitions did you win
1: i was uh mr progym mr montreal mr quebec and mr canada three times
0: three t- okay <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's training at, a, at an elite level. Talk to us a little bit about the type of discipline that that requires.
1: Uh, at that point, you know, uh, your, your body will give up way before your brain will. You know, when you're tired and you're hungry and the body's going, I can't take anymore. And I had I to play a mental game with myself and, and I always tell myself, like, no, you're not tired. You're not hungry, you're eating seven meals a day. Uh, so I just these, um, and the, the body is just, it's so weak, you know, and your brain has to take over and say, no, 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 we're not done yet. You're going to go until we're done. Yeah. You know, this every day was a battle. Yeah,
0: so there's a, there's a, there's a definite mental perspective.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And the brain is a lot stronger than the body, much yeah. stronger. Yeah. The body is the first one to go, I'm out. You know? yeah. The brain, it has much more... Uh, uh, power to say no, no we're not we 're not doing it
0: now you didn 't do this all alone though i i 'm sure your wife had something to do with it
1: yeah uh, my wife she she did it in step with me, and believe yeah. me, I did chose before we had met, I competed, and I prepared myself on my own and let me tell you, when we started preparing as a team, yeah. so much easier, yeah oh, it was like you know just like you 're carrying the load together for some reason, yeah. it makes that so much easier, yeah.
0: yeah. So there's a definite kind of when you look at a verse like this train yourself you know you know pretty well what that means
1: absolutely yeah absolutely yeah. Uh, and it, it goes anything you want to do in life whether it's bodybuilding whether it's your career whether it's music you know if you try hard enough you'll do it I promise you'll do it just don't give up
0: mm-hmm yeah thanks so much Sean. thank you Okay, we can mute that mic. I heard a little bit of feedback there, but I hope everybody picked it up and everybody saw on, uh, on Facebook as well. Now, um, the Bible, when it talks about this kind of training, and I, thought, I hope you caught that point, uh, what Sean said, the, the, the mind is a lot stronger than the body. Uh, the body's the first one to go, right? Some of you, when you woke up this morning and you looked outside, your body said, no way. But your head said, no, come on, let's go. Let's go. And some of you with kids, you had to help them all on the journey a little bit, right? You know what I'm talking about. Uh, so it's an interesting relationship. We talked about the mind last week. But when you look at this verse uh, from 1 from Timothy chapter 4, he, and, and this is what we miss when we look at, uh, when we talk about the body and we look at the Bible because the principles that, that a professional bodybuilder shares are applicable to more than just building muscle. That type of training at that type of elite level and that type of discipline and that type of structured lifestyle and that type of self-control and that type of uh, community. His wife Sandra was was in, in lock sync with him uh, through all of these different things. And I'm sure other friends and other people encouraging him All of that has parallels to something that's even greater. And Paul says it to Timothy. He says, physical training is of some value, but he goes beyond that. And he says, godliness has value for all things because godliness, it holds promise for this present life, but also the life to come. What if you took those same principles and you extended them even beyond the mere physical body, so there are a lot of ways that you could you could go when you pick up the Bible and you talk about detox of the body i mean there 's so many books that have been written now about you know the Daniel fast and this you know, we figure out how these people ate 2,600 years ago in in ancient Babylon. And, you know, we come up with all these these diets and all these little secrets in the Bible as to how we can get healthy and all that. And all of that is fine. There's nothing nothing wrong with that. But I think the overall weight of the Bible goes further than that. And um, I want you to see, uh, again, through the pen of Paul, three different, I'll call them body images that the apostle Paul uses. When he talks about the body, he tries to draw certain parallels that go way beyond just physical fitness and physical detox. I, I have known people who very, very physically fit but what they do with their bodies in a moral and in an ethical and in a spiritual sense is very, very toxic. And this is an area that the Bible wants to address as well, trying to say that the, Bible, the, the body is the vehicle by which we live. So we can live in one fashion or another and we act it out through our own physical body. What will we do with it? So three different body images uh, from the Bible. The first is from Romans chapter six. I'm just gonna flip there. a Couple of uh, books over to the left and verses 11 to 14. Listen to the way uh, Paul uses the body here. And here he's talking about uh, the whole idea of the salvation story and the message of being free from sin because of what Jesus has done for us. And because of this freedom and because our lives have been changed, he says, and because the old us has died in that sense and the new us has come to life, what should we do? Verse 11, in the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you would obey its evil desires. Do not offer the parts of your body to sin. Here he's talking about the body as an instrument of either righteousness or unrighteousness beyond the idea of physical fitness. And he says, offer yourselves to God. The image there is that the body is like an offering to God. So we, we give in an offering, you know, a monetary offering. But here he's saying your body, your physical body, you should offer it to God. And he says, Offer yourselves to him as those who have been brought from death to life, and I ran out of that grave, right? Like we sang on the, on, the, on the screen there. Offer the parts of your body as instruments of righteousness, for sin shall not be your master because you are not under law, but you are under grace. So here's, here's the image. In, in Christ, we choose, we can offer our bodies to God rather than to sin and look at the image, do not let sin reign. It is this picture of discipline. So when, a, when a, a, a person trains as an elite athlete, the thing that they fight a lot of time is flat out laziness. <laughs> you just let everything go. Say, well, let the body do what the body wants to do. And that there's, a, there's a struggle to be self-disciplined. We have... Um, we have a champion uh, uh, Taekwondo athlete uh, somewhere here. I think he might be with the kids right now, but he's a, a national champion from South Korea, and he would he would agree with you, I'm sure, Sean, and say there is a discipline that is required—a a, a physical discipline and a mental discipline. I'm just going to switch this so I can see. Oh yes, thank you. I'm getting older, and I don't see the screen as much as I used to. That's a Eye discipline. They make glasses for these things, okay? Uh, So do not let sin reign. Do not be lazy. Do not let it reign in your mortal body. You've got to be disciplined. Now that you are in Christ, now that the old you has died and the new you has come, you have the ability to choose. Are you going to choose to be lazy in a, in a moral and an ethical and a spiritual sense with your body, or are you going to be disciplined? Are you going to offer yourself to God, or are you just going to let the status quo happen? Are you just going to be lazy? Are you going to use your body for something that's righteous? Or are you going to let unrighteousness reign? This requires a decision and this requires discipline if we view our bodies as an offering to God. You see all kinds of offerings in the Bible, especially the Old Testament. I mean, read the book of Leviticus and you're going to see like 25 different kinds of offerings offering to God. This was the way that people worshiped God by giving him something. And so here we're supposed to give ourselves, our very selves to God. How do we do that? By deciding to say, hey, we're going to live in a righteous fashion with our bodies and not an unrighteous fashion, whatever that looks like as we discover it uh, through God's word, really. Do not let sin Rain. So the person who is outside of, of, of Christ, the person who rejects God, who wants nothing to do with God, you talk to that person and see if that person is able to stop doing such and such an activity. You know, the person's into whatever type of thing. And you say, well, are you able to stop doing that? I, I, would, I would bet you money that nine times out of 10, that person would say, no, I do not have the ability to stop whatever it is. I cannot do it not for a sustained amount of time and they can't because without the help of god ultimately there isn't that type of lasting transformation that happens in a person's life they will still continue to struggle 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 and um and and be chained Uh, to whatever kind of behavior has seemingly taken them over. And here the image again, now you can choose because the power of Christ is in you and you can say no to that thing. Whatever it is, The person's an alcoholic, the person's an adulterer, the person's a thief, the person's a liar, the person's chained to whatever kind of behavior that's ripping them apart from the inside out. In Christ, the person can choose and say, no, I offer myself now to God. Uh, which brings us to the next image. It's similar, and that is a sacrifice, a sacrifice. So this is from Romans again, um, a few chapters later, chapter uh, 12 and verses one to two. Same kind of general thought that Paul is continuing in this letter to this church in Rome, uh, but he's going further and he's talking about the grace of God and God gives and gives and gives to us what we do not deserve. And because of this grace, he says, therefore, I urge you brothers and sisters in view of God's mercy. So God has given to you what you do not deserve, and God has withheld from you what you do deserve in view of God's mercy, offer, there's the word again, your bodies as living sacrifices. Now, if you, if you know anything at all about the, the, the ancient Jewish system and the Old Testament, they would sacrifice animals. All right. Not very popular uh, today, uh, but that's what they would do back then. And that's how they would be temporarily, at least, forgiven and atoned. uh, There would be atonement for their sins through the slaughter of these animals. You say, that's really, really harsh. That's really gross. But that's the way that they did it. And of course, those animals would lose their lives. They were sacrificed as an atonement for the sins of the people. And here the image is, offer yourself your body is a living sacrifice. So you, you get up on that altar, but you're alive and not dead. Offer your body as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Not mentioning singing songs there at all. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Sean had said the, the body's the first to go, but there's a lot more strength in the mind. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's uh, will is, his good, his pleasing, and his perfect will. I could preach for six weeks on those two verses. There's so many things that are that are buried inside of there I mean t- for one, I meet so many people and they 're so confused about god 's will, uh, but this passage apparently you could you can test and you can approve god 's will if you learn a little bit of discipline and you learn how to transform what you think about you 'll be able to do that it is, this This speaks specifically to the act of worship. What is it? It's when you say, God, my very body is not a sacrifice that's going to be slaughtered on an altar, but I give it to you, and this is my spiritual act of worship. Here it is. My very body, this is my act of worship to you. We can talk about singing songs as worship, and that's that's okay. We can talk about giving money, and that's worship. That's okay. But here he's saying, what have you got? You've got your physical body. Well, give it to me. Put it up on that altar and give it to me. That is your spiritual act of worship. How? Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world. The same thing. You can let yourself go. You can, you can be like everybody else. You can, you can uh, have the same view as the, as the broader culture at large. You can be materialistic. You can be selfish. Uh, you can be, um, uh, you know, me, myself, and I type of lifestyle. You, you, or, or you can do something different. You can go against the grain of what you see all around you. Do not be conformed to the pattern. There is a pattern, an observable pattern of this world, Paul says, and you've got to cut against the grain. Now, I meet a lot of people, Christian people, and what they want to do is escape from the world. And they want to go and, you know, if there was a monastery around the corner, they'd go live in the monastery. I mean, they don't want to be around non-Christian people. They don't want to be around people of different views, lifestyles, religions. They just want to be all surrounded by, by, by Christianity, by church, by any time the church does something, they're always there. But they do not commiserate. They do not uh, uh, have uh, non-Christian friends. They do not speak to non-Christian friends about God. They try to isolate themselves and protect themselves from the world. You do not grow spiritually that way. You do not. You, for a time, may need to do that. Uh, sometimes people, when they're brand new Christians, they've got to they've gotta protect themselves a little bit. They've got to change certain things. They say, well, I can't go over here. I can't be around this. I can't be around that. And, and uh, there's a time for that. But if you want to grow spiritually, you've got to encounter resistance. That's how you become a champion bodybuilder. That's how you become a champion. Uh, taekwondo, we have, uh, again, in this church, we have that. But when you have, specifically, we talk about bodybuilding and powerlifting, that's resistance training. You are, you are, you're facing resistance, and what happens, correct me if I'm wrong, but the muscle grows, yes? Yeah, it grows. When it faces that resistance, it will grow. And the same thing is true for your spiritual and your moral life. You can try a life of escapism, but you are not going to grow spiritually unless you encounter frustration, unless you encounter resistance. Then you will learn to say, hey, I can live in wherever. I can work in whatever environment. I can be around whatever kinds of people because I have learned to think differently through being around this resistance. So, you know, everybody in, the, everybody in the environment where I work, uh, uh, for example, just, just picking hypothetically, you know, drinks excessively. Everybody and everybody lives, a, you know, a lifestyle. It's like, wow, it's, it's as loose as loose can be. And, and you know, if you're a, a Christian, you say, well, that's not my cup of tea. I better get another job. Why? Stay where you are and be who you are and live in that and work in that milieu and be who you are and face that kind of resistance and you will see yourself grow spiritually. You will see yourself get stronger spiritually because you say, I know what I believe. I know why I believe it. And I know why I'm not making the choices that other others around me are making. And that doesn't mean that you dislike the people. You should like the people. You should love the people. After all, you're one of them right? So every single one of us in this room who uh, I'm assuming most of you would call yourself uh, followers of Jesus. Well, what were you before that anyway? A saint? (laughs) I I beg to differ. Uh, And even now you're still, you're still learning and you're still growing and you've got to learn what you believe, why you believe it and live it wherever you are. It doesn't matter what your environment is. It matters what's going on inside of you here and inside of you here, and you've got to face that kind of resistance training if you want to grow, and you've got to have nutrition in your spiritual life if you want to grow. What does he say? Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Well, when you're a a, a power lifter, or there's a difference between a power lifter and a bodybuilder, as he said, but when you're a bodybuilder, you're watching every little last thing that goes inside of your body. Because the look is critical, the aesthetics, the symmetry, everything, and that old adage, you are what you eat, I guess is true when it comes to bodybuilding and maybe, maybe through the whole, whether you're bodybuilding or you aren't. Well, in your moral and in your spiritual and your ethical life, what are you putting inside of it? I mean, if you're feeding it with, with garbage, what do you expect to come out? right? And what's moral and spiritual and ethical garbage? Well, hopefully you can, you can determine that. I mean, what are, you, what are you consuming in terms of what are you, what are you uh, watching on television? What are you, what's your entertainment? What are you reading? I mean, if you're filling your mind with, with garbage and stuff that's, that's uh, in terms of its ethical essence, moral essence, the spiritual essence, it's garbage, then what do you expect to come out? But if you encounter resistance training and you say, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have nutrition, I'm going to have spiritual nutrition in my life, well, what's going to happen? That act of worship and saying, God, my very body is an instrument of righteousness, and I put it up on that altar today, and today it's a living sacrifice for you, and it is my spiritual act of worship to you. That's the idea of Romans chapter 12. And the last one here, and I know I'm picking into into you know your personal lives here, but I figure the Apostle Paul is picking, so I might as well pick as well. I'm just reading what he says. This is out of his letter uh, to the Corinthians. This is First Corinthians, chapter twelve um, and verses 12 to 19. It's actually his second letter. We don't have the first one, but, uh, chapter 12 verses 12 to 19. And here again, he's talking about the body and he's drawing, um, uh, an image here. Um, the body is a unit though. It's made up of many parts. And, uh, uh, though all its parts are many, they form one body. So it is with Christ. Where am I? I think I'm in the wrong place. Oh, I'm in the wrong place. Okay, so you, you know what you need to discount what I just said even though it's a good image That's not the one I was looking for here. It is. Okay, so it's first corinthians chapter 6 I'm, sorry So back up and if you're on the screen there. It's first corinthians chapter 6 verses 12 to 19 not chapter 12 A different image, but i'm i'm going to use another one. Okay, uh, I know you're confused So am I first corinthians chapter 6 verse 12. So everything is permissible for me this was a quote that the Corinthian church had. Everything is permissible for me. But Paul comments, not everything is beneficial though. You may say you can do whatever you want, but not everything is beneficial for you. Here's another quote that they had. Everything is permissible for me. And Paul would say, but I will not be mastered by anything. So the Corinthians, they said, well, now we're Christians. So now we can do whatever we want. And Paul said, no, not necessarily. I'm not going to be mastered by anything and not everything is good for me either. Here's another quote that they used to have, food for the stomach and the stomach for food. (laughs) And Paul says, yeah, but God will destroy them both. So he's trying to teach the Corinthians about their very physical bodies. Now, back in the church in Corinth, you had some difficult things going on where the people uh, were coming out of a background of worship where they would worship all kinds of uh, pagan gods and goddesses um, and they would do so and the ceremony involved things of a sexual nature. Okay, I know that's graphic, but this is what they would do. And so they're coming out of this background. And so Paul says, the body is not meant for sexual immorality, but for the Lord and the Lord for the body. But by his power, God raised the Lord from the dead and he will raise us also. Also, do you not know that your bodies, your physical bodies are members of Christ? himself. So shall I take the members of Christ then and unite them with a prostitute? I know it's graphic, but that's what they were doing. Never, he says. So it's like you've got to understand now that you have crossed the line of faith and now that you're walking in Christ, you cannot do the same stuff that you used to do with your body in this particular area. Never do you not know that whoever unites himself with a prostitute is one with her in body. So he even quotes from the book of Genesis the two will become one flesh, but he who unites himself with the Lord is one with him. In spirit, So the image that he's using there is your body is a, a temple. It is a place where the spirit of God rests, flee from se- sexual immorality. He says all other sins a person commits are outside of their body, but of the person who sins sexually sins against their own body. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit? wow, do we really? I mean, a lot of us, we use that text. I've seen it used in texts in churches that say, well, you know, your body's a temple of the Holy Spirit, brother, you shouldn't smoke or your body's a temple of the Holy Spirit, brother, you shouldn't eat so much. You know, the person's overweight, so your body's a temple. Yeah, that's, that's true. Uh, but some of the people who are saying that are living in immorality. And that's the context of the verse. So Paul says, listen, listen. And this is the province of Quebec. I mean, this province is like on the edge in terms of its understanding of these things. This is like the leader in all of these things. And Paul would Say, even to us in this province, hey, if you are in Christ, if you claim to have crossed the line of faith, you've got to live in a different way because your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, whom you have received from God. You are not your own. You were bought at a price overall principle. Honor God with your body. You honor God with your body because His gym is you and you can apply that to the sensitive area of the whole thing of sexuality but you can apply it across a broad spectrum the gym of god is you people used to wear t-shirts in gyms god's gym you know some of these christian muscle guys and they would they would wear those things you have probably seen those in the gym but the that comes out of this verse the idea is hey if i really believe this stuff then my physical body, it belongs to God in every way and in every area. It is His temple. The temple is where the literal presence of God was in the Old Testament. These people, their lives, We're centered around that place. And so now we live in a time, no temple, where this is a new covenant in Christ. The idol, where is the temple? The temple is me, and the temple is the the church uh, community. We are the place where God dwells, both as individuals and as a community. We really take that seriously today. If we took that seriously today, I'm telling you, we'd make a lot of different choices in terms of, well, hold on here. I, I'm not going to do this if I really believe that I'm the temple of God. Like that's, that's a sacred concept. And sometimes I think we, we treat that in a rather flippant fashion, uh, even as professing believers and we're running all kinds of red lights, especially in the area that Paul talks about. And I could spend a long time um, uh, I could do a whole series on this subject because of the stuff that I have seen in the lives of Christians in terms of this specific area. I mean nowadays literally and uh, I'm speaking to to the men in the room here um, it 's more than fifty percent of 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 men who profess to be uh, evangelicals and believe the Bible and profess to believe in Jesus and all that. It's more than 50% of men now who are hooked on pornography in the church. And that's not an exaggeration. It is a plague in the church, especially here in in the West, Uh, but in particular because it's so accessible. So accessible. And yet, this passage is screaming out to us from 2,000 years ago saying, Wow, you missed the concept. If you really believe that your body is a temple of the most holy God, you're going to be very, very careful with that part of your life. The amount of men and women that I have spent time working with over Nearly two decades of ministry in this particular area, it would shock you, it would frighten you, and uh, clergy are not immune to it either. There are many, many pastors and people who work in churches who are just their lives in this area are just shameful, and they would admit that they are, but why? Because oftentimes we've missed that critical, critical concept God lives in you. And that changes the whole, whole nature of everything. I mean, it goes so far beyond. I mean, we can be physically fit, but we can be morally just poisoned. We can be, we can be dying on the inside because of the moral choices that we're, make, we're making with a body that we have made physically fit. You cannot ride those two uh, they're, they're not compatible long-term. I, I love what Sean said. Um, when, when, when your body, is, is looking like his did it's because the mind is disciplined and the mind has made certain choices and the mind has certain boundaries and the mind teaches the body to respect those boundaries. Well, if that works in a physical fitness sense, if that works for the muscle, then that should work for the soul as well. So I don't know where you're, where you're at today with all of this, and I know it's, it's direct, uh, but the scripture's quite direct on the subject because, folks, all you've got is this. This is it. This is, this is what you have. This is what you're working with. I mean, yours may get, be getting older. Yours may be getting grayer. Yours may be harder to get out of bed in the morning, especially when it's minus 15 and there's 15 centimeters of snow on the ground. But this is what you've got. This is what God has given to you. What choices are you going to make with the time that you have it? Because one, there, there will be a time in your life where you're going to put it aside and where the life to come will come. As Paul wrote to, to, to Timothy, godliness This training holds promise not only for this life in the here and now, but for the life to come. What choices are we going to make with that information?